Welcome to episode six of the Australian Athletic Podcast. We've discussed a lot about coaching, a lot about university, and a lot about the field of strength and conditioning in the last few episodes. So we're going to change it up a little bit and focus very much on the athletes this time around. And we've got a little bit of a special guest. We'll call him an AAC athlete and also one of the players at Port Adelaide Magpies, Luke Sermon. G'day, Mickey. No, thanks for, for having me on. Um, yeah, as Mickey said, uh, my name is Luke Sermon, um, and I'm obviously at AAC from time to time and, and when, with the Port Adelaide Football Club when I'm not injured. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to be here. Now, Luke, let's get on with the questions. And the first one's going to be, why did you start playing footy in the first place? Um, well, I started playing footy largely because my friends all played football. Um, like any sort of young kid, you sort of gravitate towards what your friends are doing, um, or at least I did um, in this case. But, uh, yeah, mostly because, you know, I had some friends that, that played the sport and uh, went to Rochester College, so sort of just fell into, I guess, football being the bigger of the sports they play there and obviously enjoyed it as well. So, What did you play prior to footy? Uh, I grew up playing basketball, so basketball was the main focus um, more so than footy um, and then as I sort of got older I probably realised that maybe I was better suited to playing some football so I sort of went down that path and, and yeah as I said it's a bit easier when all your friends are sort of doing the same thing You gravitate naturally towards the, what they're doing when did that actually happen that you made the transition from playing and focusing from basketball to uh, AFL and football um, so it was the end of year 11 for me so I was playing first A at Ross Trevor and it was sort of going okay but it was sort of juggling basketball as well um, and then I think we played the under-18 state champs for basketball, national carnival for basketball. Um, and I think I realised that I'm not 6'8 and ridiculous <laughs> athletic. So We all want to be Michael Jordan, but unfortunately that doesn't always happen. Yeah. So then, yeah, pretty much just gravitated towards football because um, I could sort of use my weight a bit more than I could in basketball. What position did you play as a junior? Uh, Football-wise? Football-wise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mostly played ruck. So obviously I just played school footy up until year 12. So mostly when you're playing school footy, it's obviously a little bit of a lower level. Um, and I was sort of one of the taller kids at that point. So yeah, just mostly played ruck because obviously I did play the basketball. So I was used to sort of jumping and tapping the ball. So played ruck and a little bit forward, um, but mostly got to run around in the middle for a bit. Mm-hmm. And what's your best memory of playing as a junior? Um, best memories, uh, I reckon it was first 18, or just school football in general at Ross Trevor with playing with your mates, I think. Um, I think as you get a bit older, you sort of gravitate towards performance a bit more, but for it me... It gets serious when you get older, but when you're playing as a junior, you just realise you're just out there to have fun. Yeah, exactly. And I sort of, my best memories were, we got thumped a lot of the time because we weren't all that good. Um, <laughs> But it was sort of just the memories of actually playing with your best mates, knowing that, you know, as life progresses, you're not going to really have those opportunities. So You spend less and less time with them. So you really, you don't realize that at the time, but you need to cherish those memories because you look back on that. And it was probably some of the best times that you can actually look back at. Um, so you picked it up in year 11, yeah? Yeah. That means two years leading up to 2015. Yep. Describe that, uh, getting up to the 2015 draft. Um. Yeah, so I suppose I sort of transitioned into doing it full-time at the end of year 11. I'd always sort of played football, so I, pro- I probably can't um, make it seem my improvement was too drastic. <laughs> but um, yeah, I took it seriously at the end of year 11. Um, went out to Nord Footy Club, um, again, because it was my allocated zone from where I was living in sort of Rochester, Newton area, but um, also because everyone I went to school with was playing at Nord as well. And 
you know, not to sound arrogant, but I sort of thought that some of the guys that were playing regularly at Norwood weren't that much better than me. So I um, asked to go out to Norwood, um, started off with the 18s, um, went up to the seniors, and then, um, yeah, sort of 10 months later in November, just after finishing school, um, was lucky enough to get selected in the rookie draft and headed over to Melbourne two days later on a Sunday afternoon. So, <laughs> uh, For those that don't know, please tell them where you went. Uh, so I went to Hawthorne. Um, so they were based out at Waverley over in Melbourne. Um, so at the time, they were obviously going pretty well. They just come off the, the three AFL flags in a row. So um, as you can imagine, as a 17-year-old kid, I was pretty intimidated walking into that sort of environment. Um, but at the time... When you first get selected, it's sort of just that pure joy and excitement, especially when you're not really expecting to, to land in that situation. Well, we look at the drafters, and if you don't get top 10, that you're not really that good. But at the end of the day, that's a pool of, what, 100 to 150 athletes that you were in the top in Australia. And how many uh, footy players would have been hoping to get drafted at that stage? Uh, I think that they have... I mean, I could be wrong, but I think there's somewhere around 1,500 applicants, but what qualifies as an applicant for the draft is pretty vague. I mean, yeah. obviously they look at a lot of kids. So um, there's a lot of kids that, you know, in my case were picked after me that have gone on to have really good AFL careers. So whether you do or don't go um, at that age is sort of irrelevant or not irrelevant, but it doesn't have as... It doesn't impact. determine exactly no. where your career is heading. Yeah, as I sort of found out the hard way. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. But I guess... Before you left, uh, you said you had two days to really prepare for what was a lot moving states, both for you and for your parents, I guess. How'd they react to it? Uh, I don't think that, well, at least on the surface, <laughs> anyway, really gave two stuffs. Where I was. <laughs> it was really stoked to see you get out of the house. Yeah, I think a consistent income would be one of the first things you could <laughs> with. So, um, and mum was, yeah, she was, I think she was a bit more sort of concerned um, knowing my history that. Uh, perhaps moving away at 17 was going to be a little bit raw for me to try and deal with. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely was, yeah, I have no other way to describe it apart from I was sort of shitting my pants. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't probably quite ready for it. Um, as I sort of, as time would tell, um, a hundred percent we knew deep down that I wasn't quite ready, but, uh, at the same time, quite I quite ready. What physically or what are we talking about? Uh, well, I think for me, from the feedback that I got, it was always going to be a probably three or four year process to get myself to a point to play AFL football. So they were sort of telling me around 22, 23, they were hoping to have, uh, a physical body of work that they could put out in the field and I could run around and compete, um, at the AFL level. Cause I was a quite young and b quite raw and, and C I was quite, although I was sort of a bigger kid I was pretty underdeveloped you know in other facets like my aerobic capacity wasn't great um, I sort of had some deficiencies but I also had some things I couldn't actually do so it was going to be a process to get there physically um, and that would require a lot of mental patience um, but then it's, the biggest challenge was I wasn't mentally prepared to move into state um, at all uh, from a I hadn't had the life experiences or what um, probably endured any sort of real hardship at that point that I could sort of lean on anything to help me through what were going to be some you know more challenging times I suppose you hadn't had the battle wounds I guess of having to move out of home previously nah. I guess I'm in the same position I can honestly say where I didn't have to I had a good I had a good parent parents to look after me 
and I've sheltered enough to say the least that I wouldn't be prepared to move into state. And were you in the same boat? Yeah, 100%. I think I was only child, came from a middle-class family, so I didn't really have any real, um, I guess, qualms growing up. There was no real issues. Um, so, yeah, definitely pretty sheltered and uh, wasn't quite ready at that point, I don't think. What do you remember about the first season then? Sorry, the first season or so. Yeah. Uh, but for the first year of being involved, I guess. Yeah, it was. there was a lot of moments where I look back on it and I think, gee, there were actually some pretty like cool moments to be a part of. Um, but overall, uh, I was... And a lot of it was self-inflicted because I was just so anxious the whole time because I wasn't sure where I fitted in. Um, and you got to remember that I'd probably played footy properly for the better part of 10 months and had gone from playing school football to getting picked up in a draft and had no real uh, resistance with that either it was sort of like I was one of the bigger kids things just sort of worked out so to get to a point where I'm now competing against like uh, like a Jared Roughhead or a Ben McAvoy um, you had Luke Hodge Sam Mitchell yeah, in the squad at the time yeah so they were all there and they were all superstars um, and they were all very confident people um, and I wasn't at that point probably still something that I could improve on but I wasn't really that sure of my abilities um, so the first year uh, on and off the field was just probably a bit of a struggle um, but in hindsight it's probably something that I lean on pretty heavily to this day so it was a pretty good learning experience as well yeah do you think you made the most of it or do you do you look back now and think you could have made better of it definitely could have made a better fist of it but hindsight's a beautiful thing I suppose um, I think the biggest thing that I look back on now is the fact that it wasn't that difficult. I was getting paid to play football, um, which was something that Walsh was drummed into me at the time. That's the seen. that's the dream for every yeah, footballer, isn't it? Exactly. Like you get paid to do something that um, you supposedly love, um, and even if you don't, you I mean you're still getting paid to yeah. to play sport. It's not really like there is much worse things yeah. as I found out in time that you can be doing to rather than being on an AFL list, and it was. I look back on it now and I would take it any day of the week and obviously I don't think I made the, the most of it, um, but that's part of, I guess, my journey, I suppose. Um, that's just probably how it played out. What changed, uh, if anything did change, what did change in the second season? Um, I think that I probably just wore myself out. I probably exhausted myself. I was... Um, how so? Well, I, I think mentally I was just absolutely cooked. Um, I'd sort of had this pent up anxiety for the better part of sort of 18 months. Um, and I just felt like I was probably doing more damage um, to my reputation than I was if I decided to sort of regroup, come home um, and see if I could play some good footy, sort of being settled in SA for a, a year or so um, and then relaunch again. Um, I was never afraid to put my hand up and say this, it wasn't for me. Um, it was more just a matter of being sure that that's the decision that I wanted to go down because it was obviously it's not really one many people make I wouldn't have thought well compared to the majority you'd say no but I guess you look at what's portrayed in the media and it's one article saying someone's gone home from footy for whatever reason what's the real story behind it we don't see it we see that someone goes home and we look at it and why someone giving up an opportunity why did why did you decide that it's time to go home well, I was homesick. There's, there's no other way I can really put it. I mean, I can't speak for other people with their personal situation, but for me, I was just homesick. I just didn't like living interstate. 
uh, I found it difficult because I was so homesick. I found it difficult to sort of make any inroads with relationships at the club. And it was 100% on me. It wasn't anyone else's doing. It was my doing. And um, basically, the only thing that I can say that I would hold my head high with from the decision I made was that um, it got to a point where I couldn't handle it. Um, so I basically just put my hand up and said, it's not for me. Whereas I, again, don't know other people's personal situations, but at least I can say that I just made a choice that right now, AFL system or the AFL lifestyle, not something I can really do right now. So I'm going to put my hand up and say, it's time for me to head home and do something else. Whereas maybe that's not always the case with other people. I don't know, but it's one thing that I'm proud of is that I didn't sort of stuff the club around too much. I sort of just said, no, it's not working. Let's, let's cut ties and wish each other well. Do you think it would have been different at a, in, oh, not an interstate club, but either, I guess, Adelaide or Port, if you're around family? I mean, that's something I thought of a lot. Um, but I think that basically, I'll never know, I suppose. I, I, the age of 17, 18, 19, like, looking back on it now... I mean, obviously, I'm 23 now, so it's it's not that long ago. But it's, it's easy to judge yourself. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that. It's not like it's a year or two down the track. There's three or four years gap in between, and I think that no matter where I went, I was going to have an adjustment period. But yeah, I think that obviously, if I was at home in the comfort of um, South Australia, I probably could have made a better fist of um, my start, my career, anyway. Mum's cooking and dad's coffee's always hit better, exactly. don't they? <laughs> no one's coffee machine quite does it the same way. So. <laughs> Have you enjoyed your footy since you came back? Yeah, I would say it's been up and down. Um, but it's more so because I've, I've as, you, as you know, I've spent the better part of the last three years sort of rehabbing, um, which is more just out of bad luck, I think, out of anything else. Um, I really enjoyed the first probably year and a bit being back at Norwood um, when I had a bit more of a run at it before injuries set in um, but yeah I would say overall it's been a real battle but it's more a battle with injuries which is uh, uh, it's still easier to deal with than being a battle of you know I'm struggling away from the field which was you know the adjustment of moving into state so you can still take some comfort and take your mind off things a little bit easier I suppose when you're in the comfort of home where do we start with injuries? We've got a lot of footy players, a lot of athletes that have suffered through injuries. Do you want to make a, just a brief short list of the highlights that you've... Well, low, <laughs> let's call it low lights of injuries. Um, well, I suppose the big ones. Well, we've got the ball rolling with a, with a broken elbow. I'm not sure how many people can say they've really broken an elbow playing <laughs> football, but I'm one of them, apparently. Um, so, yeah, broke my elbow. Um, then we moved on to things like plantar fascia um, ruptures, not really t- I didn't really mess around too you're much you're the first person that I can honestly say that I've seen for a plantar fascia rupture I've seen plantar fasciitis plenty of times never heard of a rupturing beforehand well not only did we have the rupture on the, the left foot but then we progressed to the right foot because you know we like to do things in pairs <laughs> um, mostly with me so um, yeah started off with the left foot came back did the right foot uh, in one game managed to rupture my plantar fascia have what started off as a little blister over the top of that part of my foot that turned into a full, full-blown full cellulitis. Um, and then actually had the jab to numb that all up and went back out there and couldn't feel my foot, stepped on a piece of lovely turf down at S Convenience Oval <laughs> at Elizabeth because that's the greatest place to play football. <laughs> and um, 
actually ruptured the hamstring on the same leg. So, what that have from slipping on the ground during yeah, a marking contest, yeah. or so I hyperextended my hamstring, I suppose, rather than my knee because my hamstring was strong enough because we do all the prep work here at AAC to <laughs> to avoid my knee buckling. So it was a it was a good thing, but it was a bad thing at the same time. So um, there's some highlights, but there's plenty more. There's a there's a few others, and he's currently rehabbing a torn shoulder labrum. And I've got to admit, Luke is one of those that just leaves me scratching my head at night saying, what am I doing wrong with my job? If you ever, me and Adam have spoken about imposter syndrome before. Man, you give us loads. I'll tell you what, you give <laughs> us plenty to think about every single time that we have you in. But you put in the work and you try to come back better and stronger every time. And... If it clicks, it will click for you. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Here's something for, I guess, yourself and for any footy player up and coming, whether or not they're just looking to play state footy, local level, trying to get into the draft or whatever it may be. What lessons would you pass on to them that you've learned, I guess, in the last five to six years? You've got a lot of time. doesn't feel like you've got a lot of time. But um, I I personally feel like the oldest 23-year-old walking around because I feel like it's... um, it's gone by really quickly that I've gone from sort of 18, 17, 18, um, and sort of, you, you get told a lot that you're really young, you've got a long way to go, um, but you can never justify it to yourself properly. I mean, if you have a bad game at 18, 19, um, like I had some stinkers over in the VFL when I first got drafted, I, I couldn't comprehend um, that being particularly a key position player um, at the age of 18, 19, I was beside myself when I wasn't playing how I wanted to play. Um, but basically, so you've got a lot of time to develop. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go down the path of being drafted at 18 years old. Um, especially now, it seems to be almost more fashionable to pick a player up when they're 20, 21, 22. Um, if I had my time again, I might have been better suited to being picked up at a later age. But there are some variables that can change. Obviously, you have to play good football between the ages of sort of 19, 20, 21 to get that chance. But the biggest thing is that you've got to relax and that's coming from someone who doesn't do that very well, as we know. So you've got to relax um, and you've got to actually listen to people when they say you've got plenty of time um, to try and make a a fist of a career. Outside of footy, right now, I guess in the future, what aspirations do you have? Yeah, so currently doing uh, a double degree in corporate finance and accounting at the University of Adelaide. So yes, it is as boring as it sounds. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's a bit of a challenge. So we're, we're learning how to manage that. Um, it's a running joke that uh, I haven't done full-time study since I finished high school. So I've finally gravitated towards doing all four subjects for a semester. So that's keeping me busy. Um, and then was doing a bit of work at Pembroke High School in the maintenance department. And when I say was, that was about six months ago. So currently um, love and life on the unemployment line and uh, just at university for this semester. So that's pretty much what takes up my time along with um, rehabbing at AASC for the other 72 hours. Various things. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that leads on to the last question perfectly. If you had the opportunity again, would you get onto an AFL list? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've probably made that pretty clear with uh, obviously going across the port and, and leaving everything that was familiar at Norwood um, was probably a pretty good indication to, I think, 
a lot of people that to give it one last break pretty much yeah I mean like it was the way it was put to me was that obviously I'm going over there to play SNFL football but you just never know what could have could not happen if uh, if you play some good footy and I think with me the biggest thing has always been um, the ability at times is there um, is whether or not I can consistently give maximal effort or something close to it so Yes, I'm, uh, I'm working towards that, but the biggest thing for me is I have to actually be able to get out and play some football yeah. to prove to some people that I do actually have these abilities that uh, were seen at an earlier age. Is that to other people or to yourself? Oh, it's more so to myself, but it's nice to justify it yeah. politely to other people as well. <laughs> um, the, Performances will do that. Yeah, exactly, and you sort of got to be out there consistently first. You said that you would look back at your junior self and say that you have plenty of time. Do you still feel like you have more time now than you felt like you did back then? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the answer I was nah, thinking you would I, say. I know, yeah, I guess part of what makes this a good conversation is if you get a bit of honesty in there as well, um, rather than just a political answer. But um, no, nah, it always feels like it's speeding up. Um, it feels like I'll be 24 at the end of the year. and um, It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And... I guess as soon as you get to 25, I guess I've always been taught that five, if you get to five, you round up to the, the nearest 10, so. Don't tell me that, because I'm all, yeah, I'm 30 I, essentially there. <laughs> so I sort of feel like uh, I'm 25 going on 30, so um, with my with my body, I'm probably, you know, closer to 40, but we'll, we'll see if we can hold it all together. <laughs> but no, to be honest, you feel like you don't have, but I, I do still have a bit of time to get things right, so it should be interesting. I guess it's a bit of a watch this space. Exactly. And that's what we love about you. And hopefully you guys are going to be tuning in. And let's see what happens over the next 6, 12, 18 months. Will we see you out there? Who knows? Always a pleasure. Luke, thank you very much. This is usually just a conversation that we have on a (laughs) day-to-day basis because he's here pretty much all the time. But I think it was good to get out there. And I think everyone's going to enjoy hearing about your story. And I guess all the footy players up and coming are going to really learn a few lessons from that too. Luke, thank you once again. And guys, we'll have you in for the next podcast. Easy. Thanks, Mickey.